Hello and welcome to the Impact Exchange, a podcast where we discuss the intersection of corporate social responsibility and all things retail. I am your host, Ronnie Sage, and I am joined by... Molly Traratola, Head of Social Impact at Shopping Gives. And we are discussing the intersection of corporate social responsibility in season two and how it correlates to all the great things that are happening in retail. We are in 2021 at the Great Reset. And with that came a lot of expectations and changes of the consumer Retailers are navigating things in a new way, and we love having thought leaders and all types of retailers and brands join us across the industry to share their insights, thoughts, feedback, how they are navigating these changes. I am super excited to dig in today. We have an incredible guest. Molly, tell us who we have today. So on today's episode of the Impact Exchange, we're joined by Michael Cheney of Crate and Barrel to discuss the initiatives that make up the brand's social impact strategy. Crate and Barrel social impact efforts range from environmental initiatives to key partnerships with high impact organizations addressing hunger, disaster relief, and advocating for girls' rights. Today, we're super excited to dive into how their efforts have evolved over time and their focus on impact from product to person. Michael, we'd love to meet the person behind the impact. We'd love for you to start off by telling us a little about yourself, your position at Crate and Barrel, and how you play a role in the company's social impact initiatives. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the Impact Exchange. This is an exciting topic and one that's very important for Crate and Barrel and, and CB2 as well, both of our of our brands under our umbrella of Crate and Barrel. So as you mentioned, uh, my name is Michael Cheney. I actually run the B2B division for both Crate and Barrel and CB2. So we are we are dealing with lots of different large scale opportunities for hospitality, corporate office, restaurant, all of those types of areas. And, and really, what we're doing from a social impact and what we're kind of focusing on here is really it's kind of all hands on deck. And and so I'm I'm just one spoke in that cog that is helping us to really find and really achieve our goals to maintain and really become. Uh, an industry leader in the in this in this world that we're now living in. So there's lots more that I know we'll get into, but that that kind of gives at least a little bit of an introduction of of myself. Well, thank you again for joining us, Michael. You know, as you think about impact at your organization, you know, you're you're, you're in a leadership role there. Where does impact sit through the organization? Is there is there a CSR social impact? department? Is it owned by leaders? Tell us kind of how you think about this within the organization and where it sits today. Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's something that's new, that's new, but it's also something that's really important for us. We are really, you know, we're looking at this from lots of different angles and we've really tried to find the best way for us as an entire organization to really sort of put our put that as part of a North Star and how do we get there? So yes, we have created our a group or a team within the organization from lots of lots Lots of cross-functional members that are really focusing in on everything from, like you mentioned, from environmental to different product, uh, making sure our products are, are really looking at sustainable green products, as well as how are we also looking at it from the, the personal perspective? How are we doing what we can, offering impact from, uh, again, from sustainability to philanthropic efforts? Um, and so we're, we really have put this group together to really sort of get, get us aligned, focused, and then how do we continuously try to tr- strive to become a, a better uh, organization to, to help to, to make this place a better place for our children and our children's children. Great. Thank you for uh, thank you for that high level. And I'm excited to get on all those various areas. You mentioned that this is something new. 
And I want to pause on that for a moment and go back. I mentioned in the introduction here that you know, 2021, 2020, I call it the great retail reset, that expectations changed, not only from your customers, but the people behind the brand and you, Michael, and your employees. And this is important to talk about is what was that driving factor when we, when we put it through that lens that really drove that initiative to create a coalition internally around these initiatives? What, what was that driving force? What do those conversations look like? It's a great, great question. And I, and I think it's really one that we've, you know, we've had to really take a look at, at our internally at ourselves as an organization. And I, and I think it's really been something that we we thought about you know as as a company but yet haven't really put a whole lot of pen to paper um, or really put together any sort of plan uh, I think that what we've realized is that it's it's really an ongoing mission it's not something that is necessarily it's not a trend it's something that is is here to stay and I think we've realized that we're just again not only I'm that one cog in that you know one spoke in that cog we're now one one company within the whole world that really is there to to really try and help to 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 make it a better place and so you know again i i think yes it's 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 something that we've we've always wanted to to be part of i think that it's all something that we we didn't really have any sort of direction and now i think what we're doing is we're really saying it is now becoming our mission to really have that directional focus in how we're thinking about everything from, you know, everything across the board, sustainability, philanthropic, all of it is all part of how we give back. Yeah. How many years is Crate and Barrel in business for now? So we are, we are just approaching 60 years in in business, which is, you know, super exciting. So a legacy brand that we would define it as, but yeah. giving is not new for Crate and Barrel. Like if you look at the history of Crate and Barrel, there's always giving initiatives. There's always moments in time. And it, this is not a new concept by any means for you. But I think what I'm hearing is the core focus of how you operate your business as a, you know, within your core pillars and core tenants of the questions you're asking, what you're putting front and center, how you're operating, what you're d- delivering is what's important to you. Am I hearing that right? You are, and it's really coming from from top down, which is another thing I think is really exciting. Our parent company, which is auto, the Auto Group, um, which is based out of Germany, and and it's really exciting to see that that our our goals, our initiatives, our purpose is all based on a, a very similar concept of what our parent company is really sort of trying to accomplish across all of their brands. So they have a portfolio of brands all over the world. And so really, we're seeing that it's really trending across all of the different brands that that the focus is really there. And so how do we how do we partner with a company like Vow to make sure that we are ending you know child marriage? I mean, it's just something that's a really important thing for us. How are we putting food on people's tables that are in need? And those types of things are really becoming more and more value. You know, it's more and more important to us every single day. And so we really have tried to focus in on where can we make the biggest impact? You know, because there's lots of opportunities that are out there. And if you're going after all of them, it becomes less important. You become less important to them. They become less important to you. But when you really focus in on on certain areas that are meaningful to your business and the people that are involved in your business, it, it really feels like you're making a difference across the board. And, and that's kind of what we have done is really honed in on 
how are we finding those those areas of our business that that do make sense, right? So again, I mentioned Val, I mentioned feeding, you know, uh, food on people's tables with Feeding America, and also Good Three Hundred and Sixty, which is another one that we we also partner with, where we provide product to give back to people in need that have gone through disasters. So it's really just you know through those those few different organizations where, from a philanthropic perspective, we really feel like we're we're able to make a difference. Yeah, it's so fascinating to hear how different companies approach their giving efforts differently. And Crate and Barrel actually has a very targeted approach with specialized partnerships with, for example, these three organizations you just mentioned, addressing fighting hunger and, and empowerment of girls everywhere. How did Crate and Barrel arrive at these areas of focus and why are they important to your company? We so we really looked at who we are as an organization. So entertaining and, and having the, this idea around the table. Um, and, and it's something we talk about a lot. It's, you know, everyone has that, a seat at our table and we want all different types of people, all different nationalities, all different religions, everything. It's, we want everyone to be at our table with us. And so for us, for, you know, Feeding America, it, it really, it really clicked. It made sense. We are, a, we are an organization around, the table and what we provide, whether it's comfort to a family or food on the table, you know, and the, and the plates that you put the food on. But it really seemed to make sense and resonate across the board that Feeding America was really a, a good, a great uh, partner um, in what we they were doing for people in need, and then what we could do to help them out. And and the same thing kind of goes with with our other partnerships with Bow. Same thing. We are we are a, a, a female led organization, and we are very. It's very important for us as we look at our at the company and sort of we have a, a large constituent of female executives within the company, and we want to give that back, give the that empowerment back to all girls across the you know around the world and child marriage. I mean, I mean that's just a, an important piece of it. I think that really resonates why we we chose that particular organization. And then Goods 360, we we because we are also a product driven company, the nice thing is is we have a product at times where, you know, instead of it ending up in a landfill because it's something that we can't utilize, how can we give that back to someone in need and obviously with all of the disasters that occur whether it's hurricanes or or tornadoes or fires, at least we can we can help to provide some of the, the product that we have uh, that would have potentially have ended up in a landfill. Now we can actually be donating that to those companies, along with dollars to help to support whatever else is needed to get back to those in need. Yeah. I mean, it's so great to hear how you can develop such a, a close relationship with an organization by really narrowing your focus and again, companies take a different approach, maybe supporting several organizations throughout the year centered on certain milestones. I think it's really fascinating that Crate and Barrel has selected specific organizations to really dive deep in these partnerships. What positive impact or what impact has that had on your company by narrowing the focus? Yeah, I think it's really given a, a huge impact. It's something that I think everybody looks forward to every year. I know, I, I know, I do when we get to see sort of what our goals are. And it's funny, I actually just got an email today from um, Janet, our CEO, and here's what our goals are for this year for Feeding America, and here's kind of what we're striving for to not only achieve but to surpass every single year. 
um, and which we have, which has been so exciting. So I know that that's something that is, I you know people definitely look forward to seeing what our what that looks like for us and how we can all give back. Whether it's you know, are we gonna are we gonna all show up and and go to uh, uh, to help to support a Feeding America location? Do we do we just pr- provide some? De- money do we provide food all of it kind of plays into it so yeah i, I think it's it really does i think it, you know you hear about it we talk about it we're doing a better job of talking about it even amongst our internal organization where are we throughout the process how much have we have we been able to collect and provide and how many meals does that really correlate back to and i'm specifically speaking of feeding america because it's something that is pretty pretty continuously ongoing throughout the holiday season and I mean, I know we do it year round, but really the holidays where most people are doing their giving and that's where we see the biggest push. So it, it's definitely something that, and it's, and because we're right around Thanksgiving next week, it, it seems like it, it made the most, uh, it's the most relevant. But yeah, I mean, it, being that we've provided over 10 million meals for people, it, it, it's, it, it's intrinsically gives back. It makes you feel really good inside to know that you've been able to help to make a difference there. I love, we, we love that level of context. You know, when you think about the different stakeholders involved and who's part of these conversations, whether that be internal or external, what are you hearing from the employees? You know, think about down to fulfillment, you know, up through executive. How are, you know, how are you hearing those voices of, let's start with internal stakeholders. You know, what, what role do they play in this consideration? How is this voice to them? What, what are your OKRs of impact, as we call it? You know, how are you articulating the impact that you're making internally and letting that reverberate throughout your organization to get feedback on where to focus. How are they involved? How are you thinking about involving your employees? I guess is the, is the, the root question here, Michael. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a, an area that we have tried to improve upon immensely. Even just today, like, again, going back to Janet's email, our CEO, you know, really we want to, we want to include everyone, everyone's involved. And it, again, like you said, it's, it's all the way from, you know, our warehouse uh, staff that are there helping to, to pack boxes and, and get our, our products out to everybody all the way up to our main leader, our CEO and everyone, you know, we really are trying to make sure that that communication goes around. Here's what our goals are. Here's what we're trying to accomplish this year. Here's how everyone can help. And it's really, it's it's not about giving it's what what everybody can give it's not about saying you have to give it something minimal or uh, you know minimums it's a dollar makes a difference and everyone can contribute and so really it's and if you can't contribute dollars how can you contribute time and so really we have made pol- new policy changes from top down we are giving time available time off to go do you know, to, to volunteer your time within different organizations if need be. And that's, that's something that actually is, is a really exciting thing that other, you know, different departments within the company. I know my department has gotten together as a team building opportunity and we've gone and, and worked with a, a food hunger organization to try and, and sort of build that up. And that's, it's just a, a great way for us to come together, do something really great for somebody else. And then, and really feel like you're doing it together as a team. So, they really have done we as a company and and that when i say they meaning from our executive level down have done a great job of trying to make sure everyone feels comfortable confident um and and given the the fact that they can go out and do that when they need to and so it's just been uh it's been a big change but it's obviously for the better i think it's really it's really resonating across everybody you hear people talking about it where you didn't hear about that before and so it's really i think it's really making a big difference Switching gears a little bit back to 
how social impact has is woven into Crate and Barrel's holistic strategy. What does impact from product to people mean to your company and how is it enforced through your initiatives? Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I feel like I, I, we went on a, a little bit of a, of a sidebar here talking about philanthropic efforts and we really have not touched on a lot of our sustainability efforts to really make sure that we are, are doing better there too. So it's really amazing to see kind of what we've done to really re- recognize the fact that we we do hold a big part in that. I mean, we are a product driven company. We we have lots of different products for the home, and, and we really want to make sure that we're doing our part to try and help help the the environment that way. And so we're really committing ourselves to to improve uh, across all of our areas in in doing that. So like things like FSC, um, making sure that our woods are FSC certified. Um, and and really, that's an important piece, and and we strive to have that. So it, that we will be 100% FSC certified woods. Um, we're not there yet, but we are. That is a goal of ours. We are looking at our packaging, like what what how is everything coming to everybody, and making sure that those are recyclable or recycled materials as well. Our buildings, like we're looking at, we have new buildings that we've just opened, and they're they're lead certified, gold lead certified. So, you know, really we're trying to make sure that those are are also built in a way that are more uh, eco-friendly. Um, and then, so really ultimately getting to that whole sustainability piece is how are we becoming carbon neutral, which is our main goal to be there by 20, uh, I think it's 2040, sorry, 2030. Um, but that, so that's our goal to be carbon neutral by 2030. So when you kind of look at that from a, an idea of product to people, it's, you can make all, you know, all of the products can happen just through res- finding new resources, finding new uh, areas or, or companies that provide those types of resources, but the people are the ones that make it happen, right? So it's, it's a mindset. It's, it's changing the way that we, we take care of that. How are we incorporating all these different cross-functional teams into the plan of getting us to, carbon neutral by 2030? How are we also making sure that that from sales to warehouse teams, like that they they also are fulfilling and, and upholding Michael, who's leading skills? that? What does that look like for listeners so that, you know, when they think about how they apply this, whether it's company of five to, you know, there's never enough time <laughs> for anybody, right? Versus yeah. legacy brand, thousands of employees. Yeah. Who's, who's part of that process for you? You know, even if it's not just about the sustainability, but what are what are those conversations? Are you doing biweekly meetings on this? Is there a project manager dedicated to this? It takes bottom line dollars to, you know, all we have is time is time and money, and yeah. how we spend that time and money, you know, directly affects the outcomes and impact that we create. So yes. how are you, you know, how are you cadencing that, and who's leading those conversations? Who's in charge of that? Yeah, so we actually do have a CSR team that is is set up to make sure that they are tracking all of our. Uh, you know all of our goals and milestones throughout the course of the of this, and then we are reporting back. We do it basically on a monthly basis to make sure that everybody is aware of the milestones that we've been reaching. Again, we're doing that more internally. We're not doing that as much externally right now. The goal is to continuously try and provide some of that external information, but really, it's more about how are we getting more people on board to to really help us to achieve those goals. So it, it it's done based on the different cross-functional teams, but we do have a, a designated team that really tracks and then puts together those uh, that information for the rest of the organization. And I'm going to ask that we uh, we get a little bit vulnerable here. That's okay. Sure. You know, a big, a big level of 
insight and, and, and value in these conversations is that there's, there's takeaways here and that there's empathy from the listener that they can say, I relate to that. And I think we've, we've aligned and we're, you know, we're seeing this in common conversation as I mentioned this earlier, is that, that great reset. I want to get a little uncomfortable around the, you know, the conversations that were happening, you know, during COVID and where you spend those dollars. And it's kind of like a, oh, enter uh, asterisks, you know, cuss word in here moment where everyone's kind of saying, what do we do? Um, you're getting pressure from your employees and then you have, you know, racial injustice happening and you have these really critical moments where it, you know, the people behind the brand need to have really hard conversations. It was always important, but now you're being held accountable to those conversations and what you're going to do next. How do you guys navigate that? Well, you know, what did that look like? And then I'm going to prompt you with the follow-up questions. So this is two part, Michael. Okay. What did that look like? And then I would love to dig into um, where are those areas of growth still? And, you know, where are you focusing? Um, what are you good at? And what are you not good at? So let's start with what did that look like? And then where are we going together? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 thanks for for calling that out as a vulnerable question, because it is, it's very vulnerable. And, and it really is, it's a tough one because I think it's one that was prior to the pandemic was not really talked about. It was it was a little kind of quiet, but it obviously came to the forefront of everybody's mind through the pandemic. And I think what, again, similar to how we've created a corporate sustainability team to come around, we've also really figured how, how do we look at DE&I and making sure that we are really in- inclusive across the board and we've created a, a DNI team. And again, these are our committees and, and groups that are really focused in on how are we doing that. We've actually gone out to find someone that is actually a leader that can really sort of help us to drive the, that across the organization. And so that that's a, something that's new for us that we're we're bringing somebody on board to really focus their full attention on that, not as a as another side job that other than the regular job. And so really we're, we're trying to make that a, a huge portion of or an importance across our, our organization. And it definitely, the conversations were, were challenging. I mean, it's, uh, there were some locations where our stores had to close, not only because of the pandemic, but also because of areas where there was protesting going on. We had to board up our board board those up, and and it definitely becomes something that really is on the forefront. You have to really address it, and, and really, we've one of the things I think we do well and have done well, and over the over time is and I kind of alluded to it at the beginning, but we really we want to make sure everybody has a seat at our table. We don't want to be exclusive of any race or gender or age or. I mean, the list could go on and on and on, um, but we really want to make sure that we do that. And I think, I think we've done a, a a good job of of doing that. I think that we can always do better, and I think we're seeing that in how we've reacted by bringing on somebody to really focus our attention there. To you know, how do we how do we talk about it differently than we have before? You know, I, I think that's another thing. Communication has improved immensely since since COVID. You don't have everybody sitting in an office right now. You have uh, kind of spread all over. And so you have to be a better communicator to make sure people are feeling included and as, as part of what our, our goals and our, and where we're headed. And, and that's one of the things that I think we can, we'll always get better on. And there's always areas for improvement. But I, 
But I do think we've really kind of found, I think we're finding our way and I think we're, we're getting better and better all the time. It's great to hear that from even a legacy brand, you're going through growing pains and areas for improvement and you're making it up as you go along. And I think that's important for our listeners to hear that regardless of the size of brand, there's still room to grow. Apart from that, what advice would you have for listeners maybe just tipping, dipping their toes into social impact strategy? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it, it's uh, something where if you can find a confidant or, or, or another company to talk to, because I think, I feel like everybody is, is going through this right now and they're finding their own way. And, and I, so I, I feel like everybody can kind of work to, should be able to work together to do it. And, and, you know, I think those are always, you know, when you have someone to sort of talk to and, and figure out what other people are doing, I think research is obviously great. I think having those other people to, to kind of bounce ideas off and, and come up with uh, ways to, to help improve is, is always invaluable, right? So I, I, if there's other like-minded companies you could talk to, I think those are always great opportunities. So I, I think that's one. Probably one looks option. like we're going to have to schedule a roundtable and have Michael yeah. join us with some I, of our, with our community of partners yeah. and facilitate. Yeah, you know, quarterly absolutely. conversation. That's a great, yeah. Michael. I'm thinking we're going to run with this idea, and, and we're going to invite you to it, and expect you to be there <laughs> if you uh, did join. All right. Well, okay. you know what? It would be, you know, it would be my pleasure. I would love to be able to continually talk about this because it is a, it's, it is important. It really is. That's great, Michael. It, it, as you look into, you know, as Melanie just said, it's it's small steps, and it's acknowledging and putting time and space towards improvement, and. um you know, we, we look into the next year here, 2022. It's crazy. It's already 2022, right? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we've been in COVID for two years now. Three years. Two, two years? Yeah, two years. We're two years. Two years. What, what, what are your predictions on the future here? What do you think is going to shift? What are, what are some more things happening that you're going to see? Um, whether that be within retail focus, within impact, how those two work together. What, what, are, what are you seeing happen from your side? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think, you know, I think one of the the different impacts is going to be literally on the office in general, right? So we're talking about hybrid. We're talking about people being back together versus being at home or kind of that in between, again, the hybrid piece. And and how does that sort of play out? Like where where do people land and live? And it's it's been interesting to watch sort of our even our come back to work or back to the office and seeing how, you know, not everybody is still really comfortable doing that yet. And I think the, some of those in-person meetings or those impromptu meetings or those other things that help so much from, you know, not only a work perspective, but, but also from an, so an impact perspective when you're talking about things like socially or, you know, or uh, philanthropically, like how are we making sure that we're, we're con- connecting with those people to make sure that we're, we're getting the message and also the direction that we need to be headed. So, so I do think that that's going to be an interesting piece that we'll need to, to sort of watch for is, is what does that look like across all organizations? Because I think that will really affect a lot of, of what happens. I, I don't, like I said before, I think that this, this idea of green is definitely a, a mindset. I think it's definitely, it's an ongoing mission that everybody needs to be continuously thinking about. And I just think it's, more and more the customer is concerned with it. So I do think that we as or, as companies need to also make sure that we are 
are, are creating that position and making sure that it's known to the customer of what, who we are, what we stand for, and really what that means. So I don't think that's going away. I think it's only going to become more and more important. And I really want to make sure that, that we as an organization, and, and I would mention it to anybody who's out there, is, is just making sure that that is really front and center, why it's important to them and, and really what that means. So those are those are two main trends that I would I think are interesting and and I think we'll have to sort of remains to be seen but I do think we'll start seeing it you know hopefully some of what we're dealing with from a inventory supply chain perspective not to dive into a whole separate area is is will hopefully loosen a little and then I think we can also continuously help to to focus some of our attentions on where where we need to focus them in again the uh, C- CSR perspective um, it's just you know it's a, it it definitely has uh, taken a toll on our on us I know internally just dealing with whatever what's going on so I definitely think we need to to kind of get out of that and then get back to some of the these important topics. That's fantastic. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing these uh, these insights and uh, giving your perspective on the future here. It's uh, it's challenging. It's going to shift. I can guarantee it's uh, something new is going to happen and something else is going to happen after that. And it's never Always. ending. Always. That's the guarantees that change will happen at some point. And uh, it's great to have these leading principles and filters to be able to take us through this and know that it's going to be mindful as things continue to happen in this world. It sets you up for for immediate action, knowing your core values of you know where you sit and what's important to the organization and providing that time and space to take action. Molly, do you have anything else? Any other questions you want to ask? No, I just really appreciate your contributions and sharing more about your philanthropy strategy. I've personally done work with some of the organizations Crate and Barrel supports. So, and they're really wonderful organizations. So keep it up. Thank you. Anything else from you, Michael? I wanted to just uh, thank you guys for having me on. I think that uh, this is an important topic that really is, it's, uh, again, not always easy to talk about and, and doesn't always uh, make us look like we're it, where we want to be. But I do think that it's also, it is important that we continuously focus on it and, and keep pushing forward. And I'm glad I, I had the ability to at least give you some insight as to Crate and Barrel and CB2's position and kind of what we're what we're focusing on. And Hopefully that helps uh, everybody else that's out there to, to kind of continuously strive for doing better. Absolutely. Where can they learn more about Crate and Barrel? CrateandBarrel.com, of course. But uh, social channels, anything else they should go to and to learn more about you? No, those are those are two. Those would be the two places that that I would recommend. Um, from there, they can they'll learn all. We have a whole page that talks about our CSR and sustainability side, so that you can learn more on that page. If if you find it, scroll to the bottom of our home pages. You'll you'll see where that is located. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Michael Cheney. Michael thank Michael you, Cheney Michael. is senior director of business sales. You have been listening to the Impact Exchange. We are in season two and we have an incredible lineup coming up for the rest of the season of other thought leaders with meaningful discussions around social impact and the intersection of retail. Always remember to subscribe to all of our channels below in this link. You can see where you can grab them. We're on all the major places you can listen, iTunes, Spotify, um, Apple Music. Make sure you subscribe and uh, make sure you join us on Medium for our write-up on this article. We're going to go in depth, pull out some insights, and do a write-up to help synthesize all the good that Michael shared today. I am your host, Ronnie Sage, and I am joined by my co-host, Molly. 
Molly Charitola. You never get your name right, Molly. I'm sorry. One day I'll get it <laughs> That's right. That's okay. I'll just say the last name. You just do the first I'm just, one. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to keep on going with that. Thank you for joining us today. Have a great day. Be safe, do well, and keep on doing good. 